Okay, so fee alignment. It doesn't matter um, what type of investment you are raising, the way that investors get treated matters a lot and you wanna maximize the alignment as much as possible. So you wanna think about what are the backend fees, what's the performance or carry, how to make it as aligned as possible, have real skin in the game, not fake skin in the game, and your time alone um, is not considered skin in the game. They know you're putting your time in there. And that is worth something, of course. That's why they want to meet with you and talk to you because of your expertise and the time you're putting into it. Um, if you have more than three types of fees, I would really go back and rework it, even if it costs you money. I've seen deals that have nine different types of fees within a single deal. And I have investors that have looked at such a deal and said, wow, this is just getting to borderline ridiculous. I get that they're doing a great job and they get great returns and some investment managers will say, yeah, well, we have these fees because it costs a lot to pull our model and we get great returns and our strategy costs a lot to execute, but you're still getting a great IRR after all these fees. But it just, it just is an annoyance to investors. And even if the fees mapped out to the same, why not have it be more simple and just have three types of fees that equal the same amount as those nine types would have. And at the end of the day, it's the same, but it's easier to explain it's easier to understand and it's more aligned. That's the main point there. Don't have more than three types of fees at most and better yet have one or two. Um, what's the total fee picture? You have to think about that and not just what the management fee is or performance fee. Um, one thing to keep in mind is that a lot of people say, well, what is the industry standard fee? And they usually ask that because they're new to the industry and they say, oh, okay, I'll just use that. Well, first of all, if you haven't done seven deals or 10 deals, you're not industry standard. So why would you even say, oh, I deserve to charge the industry standard fee? Like you're not industry standard. You don't have a 15 person team. You don't have a 10 year track record. So we have to respect that because investors won't say that out loud to you typically. And you have to have something that's more advantageous. But even after you are industry standard or better than industry standard, like many of you who have raised over $10 million last year, uh, must be there or getting there quickly, then still, why would you want to do it? Everyone else does. That makes no sense. Um, doing something that's better, stronger, pays you more handsomely, uh, addresses the risk your investor has. Um, as If you're listening to this as an investor, then you need to think, what is it that's my priority and how do I structure a deal to meet my priorities? Is it getting my cash off the table? And then long-term, I could still make more money on the back end. Is it getting uh, speed of recovery of my money or maximizing collateral? And then the types of deals you look at changes based on that. And the types of deals you say yes to changes greatly based on that. Um, if you're raising capital, you think, what, how can I make my deal very advantageous to the type of investor I like working with, to the investor avatar, the niche type of investor I'm targeting, or the, the type of investor I have easiest access to? How do I really dial things in just for them? and make this much more compelling than other deals uh, that have gotten done. And we um, have a couple examples of this, I think on um, the, next, the next slide, or two slides from now. But in a recent deal, an investor was just about to pull the trigger on something. They said, you know what? Let's ask them if they'll add some collateral to the deal. And maybe, or maybe not, they would have just done the deal anyways without the collateral. But the investment manager, uh, it was a private company, actually, the private company was so sure about their financial performance, they said, sure, we'll put up collateral. Um, this LLC 
has ownership in these three operating businesses that are separate than the one you're investing in. But if this one would fail and not get you at least your principal back, then these three operating businesses will make you whole and get you your principal back uh, as collateral. So they weren't personally guaranteeing the deal, but they put up business assets that would help make the investor whole and made the investor much more comfortable. And maybe the company CEO felt like they caved a little bit, but honestly, it made almost no difference to them because they don't plan on allowing that scenario to happen. But big caveat here is to try to stay away from personal guarantees as much as you can. I know many investors who say, investment firm CEOs that say they'll never sign a personal guarantee. And I know some people who have lost everything by signing personal guarantees. So I would be extra careful on doing so um, for obvious reasons. And sometimes it might seem like you almost have to.